live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Again, phone lines open the rest of hour number one here at 315-437-7644. We will talk some football at the top of hour number two. Julian Wiggum former SU player, and uh, he'll be doing pre- and post-game this year for SU football on the radio. Uh, he'll be joining us here in studio uh, beginning at 1 o'clock. We may keep him for half hour. We'll see, If he has time, we'll, we'll see uh, how much we can get to with Julian. Uh, He's been i, I got to throw it out there. Julian, uh, I think last year was awesome with us. Yeah. Right? I mean, he was great. Um, I know with you on the Orange Nation TV show, with me on the post-game shows, um, and watching his observations from like the ten minutes of practice that we all see, yeah, um, there's there's a he gets more he out gets of more it than, than I do. The, yes, he gets more <laughs> out of it than anyone I know, uh, and he tells it like it is. So I, I'm curious to to hear from Julian, get his take on on what he expects out of the uh, the 2018 Orange. So again, Julian Wiggum at the top of hour number two. Uh, I want to spend some time here in hour number one though discussing what we missed yesterday when the Mets were on, and that's the the policy changes. Announced by the NCAA uh, addressing the corruption in college basketball. And, and we know that a lot needs to be done. I mean, they, the FBI investigation made that clear. I think we already knew work had to be done, but then the FBI investigation was rather eye opening. And the NCAA attempted yesterday to take steps in the right direction. I, I think they took some steps, maybe baby steps, but. I'm not sure I'm satisfied personally with, with all the steps that were taken, Seth, and, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you feel much the same way. And after yeah. talking with Alan Griffin, it sounds like you know he believes they, they stopped short in some areas as well. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it, it looks great. And when I saw the headlines, when I got the ESPN alert yesterday, you know, I was driving up from New Jersey and, and I saw the text from you uh, saying, hey, we should probably have a college basketball guest on. I was like, oh, I guess something happened. And, you know, I checked my phone and, and I see an alert and it's like new college basketball rules. Kids can come back and hire agents and whatever. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Right? Like that, that looks legitimately good. Like you can have an agent, you can come back if you're not drafted. And like you read it a little closer, and like you're only allowed to come back if you're undrafted if you got invited to the combine. So, like, hypothetical, Tice Battle would have been allowed back, but like had Frank Howard declared for the draft, he probably wouldn't have. Right? You know, so, so weird things like that. Um, um, excuse me, the, this whole elite high school recruit thing is weird to me. Right? Like, who's ranking these people? Um, apparently it's USA Basketball. USA Basketball doesn't know that. Uh, you know, and, and also... USA Basketball <laughs> found out yesterday yeah, when the rest yeah, of us found exactly. out. Exactly. Uh, and doesn't seem too happy about it. And then also, like, okay, so you rank 10. What about that 11th kid? Or, like, what about people who show up to... Co- you know, who, who aren't necessarily ranked top top 10, top 20, top 15, top whatever you're ranking this at, top 50, but all of a sudden show up to college and they're good. Right, like, like, what happens to the breakout guy who wasn't allowed to go through the process as a high schooler because, like, he wasn't quote unquote good enough? But you know, somebody flames out because they're a bust, and somebody shows up and and it's just a monster. Like, there, there's so many flaws in this to me. Like, I would just say, if you want to hire an agent for the draft process, go ahead. If you if you declare for the draft and go undrafted, come on back. Like it that. I don't understand the qualifiers put the on The perfect this. example for this argument is R.J. Barrett. He's from Canada. So is right. USA Basketball ranking R.J. Barrett, you know, as an elite high school prospect? O'Shea I mean, Brissett. 
Remember right. last year? That's a good point. He was in none of the rankings. Why was he in none of the rankings? It's not because from he the US. wasn't here. Right. Right. So is RJ Barrett not going to be a lot? I mean, yeah, obviously it's a moot point for him, but a prospect like RJ Barrett in the future, is he not going to be allowed to hire an agent prior to his senior year in high school? Um, because USA basketball doesn't rank him. I mean, that that doesn't sound uh, quite fair. Of the changes that were announced yesterday, the one that I like the most, well, there's two of them that I like. The first one is if a kid makes a mistake and he, you know, he goes to the combine. I I would like to see it. They take it one step further and just say anyone who declares and stays in the draft who doesn't get drafted can go back. Yes. But I did like the fact that you know a kid could go to the combine. You know, hey, I have a chance to get drafted, stays in the draft. If he goes unselected, he can go back to school. So I like that rule. I also like the rule that if you leave school and you return to school within the next 10 years from an academic standpoint to finish yes. your degree, the school has to give you, you know, tuition and, and you know, I like basically that. give you a scholarship to I return that, to school. See, I thought that was already a thing. Like I, I thought that was like I, I thought that had already been a thing. I, I didn't I didn't realize it was limited to two years. I, I thought it was a longer window already. I really like that one. And some schools may do that on their own, but right. it was not it was not a rule. And this is now a rule that within ten years and that gives them a nice window. That you know, that allows a player maybe he goes play a nice maybe seven year career. Maybe and he's then come Johnny back. Flynn. Maybe, you know, Johnny Flynn, you know, he Gets drafted in the first round, he flames out after three or four years, you know, yep. because of injuries and and what have you and circumstance. And okay, I can go back now to Syracuse and wrap up my last two years and get my degree and so you, on and so forth. You can also have a relatively successful career in that and time not, frame and not last ten and, years. Right? I right. mean, like you, you can have a relatively successful eight year career, but a guy like, and then show up again. A guy like Tyler Ennis, a guy you know, yep. uh, Michael Carter Williams. Now Michael Carter Williams is getting another Still shot, NBA, but right. Tyler Ennis, you know, uh, Johnny Flynn. I mean, those names kind of come to mind of. of guys who you know went in the first round and you know after three four years after that rookie contract um you know they what's their next move you yeah. know and for Tyler Ennis it's it's overseas and you know maybe you know he could take advantage of that and come back to school finish his degree um so I I, I like those two rules any others that, that kind of jump out to you is all right this is this is good this is a positive thing I mean like you I I would have liked to see it without the qualifiers I, I really would have I, I would have liked to see you know, you don't. If you declare for the draft and you don't get drafted, you can come back. Period. End of sentence. Right? Like we don't need this qualifier of you have to be brought to the combine because what does that leave? How many kids each year go to the combine and then don't get? drafted? I have the answer to like that it, from this year. It was six. Many, okay. Like congratulations, and, Way and Gabriel. Like you, you are the one person who's allowed. Right? Like that. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And the the belief is is that when you look at those six. That most of them probably would have, you know, decided to go overseas or potentially play in the G League. That they were leaving one way or the other. Right. I mean, you know, one of them was Brian Bowen. I mean, he wasn't coming back to school either way. Right. Um, and and the, the name I threw out, Wayne Gabriel from Kentucky, signed a two way deal. So like, there there's a place for those guys, right? Like like the the guys who go to the combine and don't get drafted have a place somewhere. Right, like they whether that is a two way deal, a G League deal, an overseas, like they have a contract waiting for them. the The guys that don't are the ones that you need to protect more. The guys that don't are the ones you need to help more. the The ones that aren't top sixty, top seventy ish prospects that get invited to the combine, but for some stupid reason think, "Hey, I'm going to the NBA and I'm going to get drafted." Like those are the guys you have to protect. Those are the guys that you have to offer that life raft to bring back. And and that was one of the things that I was, I was kind of disappointed once you really read into it. And the other thing is, in order to to draft an agent, 
or to to sign with an agent, um, you need to be invited to the draft combine. So the, the kids who probably need need well, the agent the most. Well, those kids certainly need advice, and they you know they need an agent. They need to set up workouts. I get that. Um, so I'm not saying that the the other kids need an agent more or less. But the kids who think that they're ready to go to the NBA, but they don't get invited to the combine, they could use. You know, an educated uh, you know person giving them some advice and saying, "Hey, kid, if you're not one of sixty that was invited to the combine, um, you know, chances are there's a good chance anyway you might not get drafted. You might want to return to school." So, I don't love the fact that they put the qualifier on that either. Now, I understand that they don't want you know guys who have no chance of getting drafted or a long, they're a long shot. They just go through the process. They they keep their name in and now. You know, their teams and their coaches and their programs, they have to, you know, hold up until they find out whether or not they're drafted. Um, and at that point, it's, it, you know, it's it's hard to add a kid. But and so I, I, here's I get what I'm that. curious about. What does this hold up? Like, to me, what this will hold up, right? What this will stop in its tracks, essentially, in, in my thoughts, right? My first thought is this is going to hold up the grad transfer market. And, like, that's about it. Right, like you're you're still gonna recruit the 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 guys that you're recruiting. You're probably still gonna recruit most of them. Like this is gonna re- this is gonna hold up the bottom end of the the recruiting spectrum, which Syracuse had to get back into after Darius basically decided to leave. You know, early this year and and decided not to come, and, and so Syracuse had to get back into that. And I guess that's one of those places. But really, this affects the grad transfer market to me. This affects like it. You know Andrew White, John Gillen, uh, that kind, Geno Thorpe, that kind of player. Because now all of a sudden they don't know where they're going until July, right? July first, free agency, open it up. Certainly, the grad transfers will be affected. But what about a guy that you know you like a lot, but you don't have the scholarship unless so and so goes to the draft? I mean, it, I don't think you can't sign him, and and you know then O'Shea Brissett comes back to school, for instance. I use O'Shea Brissett because we all expect he's going to declare and, and right. he might be a borderline guy. And if he comes back to school, what are you going to tell the kid that you know that you've been recruiting? you got to wait, don't you? I mean, you can't tell O'Shea Brissett to go somewhere else. So isn't that a concern moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I guess. And, and I'm curious also on the back Or on you miss out on that kid. He goes somewhere else. He's like, right. well, I, I can't wait to find out if O'Shea Brissett's coming back. I've got right. a and he scholarship makes a offer from Rutgers. I, you know, right. I'm, I'm going to take the Rutgers that's, offer. I like, mean, realistically, that's more of what I would see happening. And then and then the, the team is is then the, the team that has that player ultimately leave is, is now left with a, a lower-level prospect than they thought they so were going to So my point is someone's missing out, yeah. right? Because if you're Syracuse and you say, you know what, we got to be careful. We don't want to be at 13 scholarships every year. We want to give ourselves some flexibility in case a guy does come back unexpectedly. So we're not going to give you know this kid a scholarship because he might be a project. We'll let him go to you know a, a lower level division, you know mid mid level, right. mid major, whatever. Well, we're we're not going to take him because we don't want to be at our full capacity in case we get a guy unexpectedly to come back. Well, and Steve, I I actually think the the reverse of that is more interesting. Of what? Okay, so the school says, oh, he's gone. Tyus Battle's going to the draft. Tyus Battle, he's gone. Okay, fine. So they fill the spot. Now Tyus Battle doesn't go, doesn't get drafted, is eligible to return, wants to return. What happens to him? Right? Syracuse is already at their 13 scholarships, and they have a player who, who, who does not get drafted, and by that Monday after the draft says, I want to come back. Now what happens to him? Is he is he is Syracuse able to go over the scholarship limit for him? I, I don't think is, so. 
are they able to to play like uh like liquid with the the scholarships and say hey we'll take one more to have one less next year uh does that kid become a grad transfer is he able to go somewhere else without penalty right like this 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 idea on the surface was really good right this idea on the surface was was like this great idea but it's not really well thought out like on a, on a number of levels, not the 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 qualifier idea, the ranking high school prospects, the what happens if a kid wants to come back. Like, really good idea, not all that well thought out. I, I'm with you. I think we're on the same page. I know Jay Billis is on the same page as well. Let's take a quick timeout. When we return, we'll we'll play that comment from Jay Billis. Uh, he thinks the NCAA. Is it fair to say he thinks they failed in what yes. they were trying to accomplish? We'll he hear does. from Jay Billis next. Again, full lines are open, 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Again, we'll have uh, Julian Wiggum to talk some football with us at the top of our number two. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore. I mentioned that we have a comment from Jay Billis that we want to play for you. We will do that in a moment, but first let's go to the phone lines. Pat in Syracuse kicking us off today on the show. Hey, Pat. Gentlemen, how you been? Long time no talk. Yeah, good. How about yourself? Yeah, ready for football, and, you know, it's always always time to talk hoops. Um, you know, I caught bits and pieces of what you guys said last segment, uh, just, just tuning in here, but from what I understand, listening to Jay Billis, what you're going to play, and then um, – listening to what uh, Seth Greenberg and uh, John Calipari had to say, it seems like no matter what, um, nothing is going to take any effect or change um, in, in, in terms of player movement or player de- decisions for at least a couple of years. Isn't that right? The, the high school stuff, they have to wait until the one-and-done rule is abolished by the NBA, and that probably will take two years when the, when the new you know players... Um, CBA. The CBA is up. Um, but... But in terms of the college stuff, my understanding is the college stuff starts right away. Um, and that's not – I I don't know for sure. We may have to pull that audio from Seth Greenberg he had on there, but he made it sound like – or maybe it was even uh, yeah, John reading, Calipari that, that he didn't see anything taking any real effect for at least a couple of years on any level. Yeah, I'm, so reading from, uh, about that. I'm reading from ESPN.com. Effective immediately, the NCAA will allow college players to be represented by NBA PA – uh, certified agents. So it seems like it's the high school stuff that, that they really have to wait on. Recruiting beginning later this month. Prospects can take more visits. Academics starting next August. Sure. It'll it'll happen. So I, I think that it's you know it's it's over the next year for the stuff that they can control for the high school stuff, which I, I guess they the NCAA technically can't control. Uh that, that's gonna that's yeah. gotta wait a little bit longer. Uh, now one quick segue since since you mentioned the word recruiting. I, I just want to say, I want to be on record to say, I think our recruiting strategy is right where it needs to be. I, I think a lot of the uh, average fan out there, they get worried when they see, you know, Whitney sign with Kentucky or, you know, they say uh, Stewart, who's from Rochester, we're, we're not looking too strong with him and we're in trouble. I, I, I never, ever buy into any of that. I think that you trust Jim, Jim Beheim and his staff, and I think uh, he's one of the best in the business at not only – finding those late bloomers, but also finding guys who fit his system. So my message to those, to those haters out there, because I know they're out there and I know they're listening right now, is just you better go in hibernation because this, this is a stack covered this year, and I think we're going to be just fine on the recruiting trail. And um, I'm excited for football and, and hoops, and I'm glad you guys are back on the air. 
Thanks for checking in, Pat. We're glad to be back on the air uh, as well. Uh, and, and yeah, that, that's my understanding uh, is that the high school stuff has to wait until the NBA is on board. I mean, the NBA has got to change its rules. The one and done rule, as we know, that's an NBA rule. Once that changes, then the high school stuff can go into effect. But the college well, stuff is is being implemented within this next year. Well, and let's be honest, Steve. There's no reason for high school kids to have an agent until they're allowed to enter the draft. Correct. Right. Like they they don't they don't need that agent until. You know, and until they are allowed in. Correct. Um, I mean, some of them may, you know, want to play overseas or so on and so forth or play in the G League like Darius Baisley. But if you go to school, you obviously don't need an agent. Right. And the NCAA is not allowing agents for those in school. So, again, in case you're just joining us, this is one of the confusing things because it looks like the headline is, you know, college players can have agents. Well, not exactly. Like, you can you can sign with an agent when the season is over and then you have to be invited to the combine. You can go through the draft process with said agent. But if you decide to come back to school, like if Tyus Battle went to the combine, kick him as out. he did, and he came back to school, he would have to terminate his contract with the agent while he's in school playing college basketball and then can try again uh, you know, doing the same thing the following year. Same I thing with high school players. They can sign before their senior year in high school you know, to to get themselves ready to potentially go pro once the one-and-done rule is gone. But then should they come to school – they have to cut ties with that agent, at least while they're in school. I saw an idea, and I think it was uh, at least semi-tongue-in-cheek, which I, I really enjoyed. And it was that uh, college kids can have agents, except if they do, their parents are no longer allowed to talk to the coach. Like, all communication goes through the agent, right? Player Kid, kid is upset, agent talks to coach. <laughs> like, parents are upset, agent talks to him. It, no, more, no more crazy parents talking to coaches everything goes through the agent. And I think it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I, I like that idea. I don't know if the coaches like that. I mean, the coaches just want to do their job. They don't want anybody. Well, I don't, think they, want the, they don't, I don't want, think they want the parents. I don't, I don't think, think they want the, want the agent parents. in their ear either. Yeah, would you rather deal with LeVar Ball or agent? Fair. In his case, he's kind of one and the same, though. He's, kind of, he's well, both guess, parent and agent to yeah, some degree. Yeah, but he's degree. not certified, so I it doesn't matter. Right, he's not certified, <laughs> so I can't talk to you. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure coaches want to talk to agents either, but I, I understand the point there. Uh, let's get to Jay Billis since we've been uh, discussing it. This is uh, Jay Billis's take, and, and I think he's right on. Jay Billis's take on the changes that were announced yesterday. It is window dressing. There's really nothing that, that is substantially different in these rules. First of all, they're pending NBA action, so... Until we see action on the one-and-done rule, nobody gets to have an agent. You know, it's not like these rules are coming in now. It's contingent upon the NBA taking action first. So you, you could have a situation where, uh, you know, you have a, a player that's uh, not invited to the combine. So a player invited to the combine is allowed to come back if they're undrafted. Uh, but a player who's not invited to the combine is not allowed to come back if they're undrafted. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I guess my my rebuttal to that would be, if you're not invited to the Combine, don't stay in the draft. Because well, yes. chances are you're not going to be drafted. That's always my that's always my advice, though, right? Like, we talked about that when you're, when you're looking at Ty's battle. Like, oh, okay, if you're invited, like, you should probably go through this for the next month. If you're not invited to the Combine, like, let's just end it now and, and come on back, right? Because there, there's nothing else to, to think about. There's nothing else to talk about. If you're not invited to the combine, you're not getting drafted. You mentioned it. Uh, players who were drafted to the com- uh, who were invited to the combine and not drafted, there were only six of them. Like, and some of them had extenuating circumstances like Brian Bowen that right. he, he couldn't stay in college. Like right. He had to go but, pro. But the, point, but the point that I'm, I'm making is 
the draft pool comes from there, yeah. right? Because Luka Doncic wasn't at the draft uh, combine. Uh, other international guys that got taken in the second round were not at the draft combine. So, like, I'll make it that's simple. That's where the pool. That's where the draft pool is. Like the sixty players that get drafted are coming out of that group in Chicago. I will make it simple. You know how many players were invited to the combine? Sixty. 69, and there were a few that you mentioned that didn't go. So now, say you're at 75. Right. There's only 60 players that get drafted. So if you are not one of the 75 for those 60 spots, again, it's a numbers game. It's not that hard to figure out. Right. You're probably not getting drafted. Right. So like, I don't. Can't we just be smarter about this and say if you're right. not? And I know we talked about this a lot last April. If you're not going to the combine, just go back so, to school. Here's the thing. I'm not going to crush the NCAA for putting that qualifier in there because doesn't that stop some mid-major guy who has no chance of getting drafted, just sign an agent and you know getting all the benefits and the perks that come with signing with said agent, knowing all along that he's not going to get drafted and that he's got that fallback of, well, I could go back to school. I guess. I'm not going to crush the NCAA for that. Because I'd rather if, they didn't. but I, I understand, but my guess is the NCAA believes that, you know, uh, prospects would take advantage of that rule, right? That it's a you know a guy that he he's a sophomore at St. Bonaventure and he knows he's not going pro, but he's pretty good. He's got to sign with an agent again, get to do the workouts and go through all the perks of you know um, you know living it up for one summer, and then he's going to come back to school. So my guess is they just don't want guys like that taking advantage. I don't know why I mentioned St. Bonaventure, but I, the, the school is but somebody like yeah, somebody like who goes major, to that kind of a school, yeah. Um, I think they just want to make sure prospects aren't taking advantage of of the rule. Um, Because if you're not invited to the combine, let's face it, like the chances of you getting drafted, are you the one exception to that rule? Like, you know, maybe. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, but if 75 guys, you know, 69 plus a few international players are in the mix, are you, you know, somehow going to jump ahead of 16 other players and, and be selected? Chances aren't very good. No. I mean, that that's the bottom line. Your chances aren't good. The only reason I say get rid of the qualifier is because it's such a narrow group. Like, it's such a it's such a small group. Like, you're, this year it was six players. Because, as you mentioned, 69 people invited to the Combine. We know Tyus Battle was one of those guys who came back. Uh, the Bruno Fernando from Maryland, one of those guys who came back. A couple of guys who, who ended up not going into the draft after they went through the Combine. It, it's just such a small group that just... Whatever. If you go to the draft and you don't get drafted, come on back. 315-437-7644. We've got one more segment to talk some college basketball here if you'd like to check in. Then Julian Wiggum joins us at 1 o'clock as we switch gears and we talk SU football. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you as we wrap up hour number one of the show. 315 7644. We had Alan Griffin on uh, at the top of the show. In case you missed it, uh, you can listen to that full interview on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. One of the things that, that Griff seemed critical of was the, the changes the NCAA made to recruiting during the summer and what events coaches will have access to, what events they won't have access to. And it, it seems like, in a nutshell, Seth, that coaches will have more access to events that are sponsored by high schools and sponsored by the NCAA and less access to events that are sponsored by shoe companies, even though they don't specifically say that. um, I think that's what they're trying to target, right? Yes, that seems like that is exactly what they're trying to target and exactly what they're trying to get to, right? I I mean, they. it seems like they're trying to cut out events like 
uh, Peach Jam and 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 other events that are sp- sponsored by Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and and places like that. Uh, you know, in favor of official high school sanctioned events and and you know other other events like that, uh, events that they can control a little bit more. Bottom line, they got spooked by this M- investigation, which oh by the way, like they should. Um, but they got spooked by it, and they want the shoe companies out, right? Like that—that's that's my that's my perception of this whole thing. I did find it interesting as well that the NCAA made it clear that with these new policies in place, that should they find a school breaking the rules, coaches are going to face stiffer penalties. But not just coaches, athletic directors, university presidents—like they are going to hold not just individuals responsible. And teams responsible, they are going to hold universities responsible yes. for breaking the rules. Yes, it seems like they're going to get like the the presidents more involved, which I, I don't know how exactly you punish a school president, but seems like they hefty will. fine. Yeah, I, I guess like that's, to the school. That's the only way I could I could see it, right? Not to the athletic department, but to the school as a whole. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what some of this means as far as the enforcement stuff. I, I'm intrigued. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how to interpret. The enforcement and the investigating part. Uh, you know, I've read some people that say, you know, that just means that they'll take the FBI's findings and use them as their own. And okay, like that, yeah, like you know what? They probably they probably can investigate a little better than you can, and a little faster than you can. And like maybe you should just use that as your own investigation. Uh, but I I don't know what else that means, right? I, I don't know what else it means as far as like. What what other outside investigations are we going to use? Are we going to let other people look into whatever's happening at Syracuse or Carolina or Kentucky or or name the school? Like, are are we going to let other outside bodies look into this and just take it as fact? And again, you know, you talk about enforcement. In theory, it sounds like a good idea. All right, we'll let the NBA prospects hire an agent after the season. They can go through the process, and then if they decide to come back, they have to cut ties and terminate that contract with an agent. Sounds good in theory, yes. but you talk about enforcement. How exactly do they plan on enforcing, well, this kid had a relationship with this agent for, say, four months, and now he decides to come back to school and November starts up. How do you know that that, that relationship has been you don't. You know, has you don't. been suspended, for lack of a better term, until, you know, through the college basketball season? I think that's going to be awfully difficult, and they want to, you know, stamp out the, you know, the money that's going to these kids, and and stamp out the, you know, impermissible benefits and, and all that. You get agents involved, you know, how are you going to determine when this kid got that impermissible benefit, quote unquote? I just think the enforcement well, is going to be difficult. Well, also, even even just inside, you you mentioned impermissible benefits, and like it, it they kind of outline that agents can pay for certain things, like draft related, right. What what constitutes draft related? Exactly, right? like, he needed like, a really good meal. We had right, to have him ready to go right. the next day. He had to stay in a really nice hotel. Exactly. I mean, look, I, I could get the travel, I can get the hotel, I could get the gym time and the trainer time, and like, okay, that like that's all logically wrapped up within draft. Related. I needed to bring him to the Laker game so that right. you know, he could take his mind off right. of. You know, well, right. I guess like, there's not hey, a I Laker wanna, game over the summer or baseball I, game. No, like, well, no, I want to I want to take him to an NBA playoff game. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's, is that draft-related or no? Like, I had to get him front know, row seats to the Yankees. Wanted to get <laughs> right, his mind off exactly. of, you know, working out for the Knicks the next day. No, or, I mean, I think it's like a valid question. Like, what what falls under draft-related? Like, you can make anything, to your point, you can make anything you want draft-related. Oh, I had to get him this new pair of shoes. I had to get him this new suit. I had to get him this new Gotta look wardrobe. good, you know, when right. he's talking to the like scouts. You can, you, know? you can make any, you can fit anything into these nebulous descriptions that you want. 
That's going to be like this whole thing is just a mess. Like it's it's so vague. All of it. Can't have him driving a Toyota Corolla. You know, we had, right, to, go I, out and I get had a, to get him a new car. Yeah. I don't, you know, so I, I think the, <laughs> the enforcement is is going to be difficult, um, to say the least. So we we know it's a complicated issue. There's no easy fixes, uh, but I'm with Jay Billis. It, a lot of it does seem like window dressing that, you know, we're going to put our foot down, but I, I don't know if the new changes really have any teeth to them, right? And um, I guess we'll see as, as things move forward. And, you know, they got to wait on the NBA and changing the one-and-done rule for, for the high school kids to, to be truly affected. So we are going to take a timeout as hour number one is now in the books. We'll kick off hour number two with Julian Wiggum next. Keep it here. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio.